a lot of times the reason that there are orphanages is because as white people we've decided that we have the power and the money and and the good intentions so we can just go and love on the kids and start an orphanage or a church or the trifecta the orphanage the church, church and, and the, the school clinic or, or the school yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep but we're not looking at is this actually causing harm or creating positive impact right especially multi-generational positive impact Welcome, everyone. This is Mike and Tammy back for another round of Flyover Logic. I'm Mike, a former teacher turned business owner, lifelong conservative, and a bit of a political hot dish. And I'm Tammy, a sociology professor whose studies and life experience has firmly planted me in the liberal camp. Each episode will give you a brief take on what's got us thinking, what the heck? We'll take a deeper dive into one big topic, and we'll end with sharing something happy, leaving you all with some Minnesota nice. Sometimes you need a bird's eye view to make sense of the world, and sometimes you need to land the plane and take a look around. We hope to do both and help each other learn something along the way. <laughs> yes, I did. This. I know, look at that. I hit the it's button. Recording. I know. Okay. You just, Steve will clean it up. Yeah. No, he won't. Um, so. She does not have a what the heck or a Minnesota nice because I didn't think to warn her about that till last night and it was too late. I know. So I'm really sorry about that. I can tell you a Minnesota nice story that happened to me. That's perfect. You got to hold on to it though. Okay, I got it. Can you remember it? Because we like to do that at the end because usually, probably not today, but usually we're fairly depressed by the time (laughs) we're done with the show. (laughs) That's why we put it at the end. Yeah. But um, yeah. It's great. So we were recently awarded a grant through the Rethos organization as part of a pilot program um, and the honor tale of the Ottertail County Story Mapping Project. Uh, and they've partnered with the Springboard for Arts and the Ottertail County Historical Society. And they are setting out to create a digital collection and map of stories about people in the area. Our show is all about sharing the rural Minnesota perspectives on social issues, and that fits well with their goal, which is to bring a greater awareness and foster interaction and relationships around the people, places, events, cultural traditions, etc. that are important to the local residents in the area. So to that end, we are going to be doing a series of six episodes as part of this project, um, and the Rethos team will then be combining our podcasts um, with all the other things that they they funded, putting them all of these projects together and creating one big digital interactive. We are going to be featuring residents who have experienced Ottertail County at some point. Either they were born and raised here and then left, or they were a transplant here from somewhere else, um, and just discuss with them the impact of that rural experience. We'll be connecting this back to social issues because that's the nature of our show, um, but that really won't be the only focus for these episodes. And our goal on this show is always just to model respectful conversations with people who have different views, uh, but it's also to learn from people who don't have the same lived experience or beliefs as us. We are excited about this series, and we are confident that we will all be able to learn a little something by listening to these stories. We hope you enjoy. Wow. That was real good. Boom. Nailed Boom. it. We nailed it. I don't know. We might have to, we might have to clean that up a little bit, because <laughs> we sounded a little bit like recorded oh okay. it's fine so how much of that <laughs> no, so you now engaged me and i have adhd there you go <laughs> that's very good so very good. we have now i've screwed up your name pretty much every time every time it. i've ever said it yeah i call you tasha peterson what is it tasha 
Paulson. Pearson. Pearson. I say Tasha Peterson. I say Tasha Paulson. I say, um, I don't know, whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I cannot say your name out loud. So it's Tasha Pearson. Pearson. Tasha Pearson. Why that's hard, I have no idea. I'm not idea. really sure. I don't know either. Is there, are there, do I know something? <laughs> pretty straightforward. It's pretty, it's pretty easy name. So, so today we have Tasha on. I'm just going to say Tasha yeah. on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and we're going to go, you know, sort of talk with her about her experience uh, like we laid out. And, but normally we start with our, what the heck. So we did not prepare Tasha. I got it right again. There you go. I'm going to give myself a gold star every time. <laughs> wow. For saying somebody's name correctly. Mm. Yeah, it's a low bar. Think, yeah, it's a low bar. Actually, the first time this has ever happened to me. <laughs> Somebody's ever been able, like, I can't say your name. I can understand yeah. my name. Like, is it tia- it's weird. Is it Tiasha? Is it Tuasha? No. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so okay, we did not so- prepare her for for what the heck. So we're gonna get ours out of the way, though. Yes. But mm-hmm. your you just yours. I didn't look. Mine's at yours. just is real it, stupid. Is it stupid? It's really stupid. So it's mine. Okay. I think. <laughs> So Apple announced oh, yeah. that they're changing the emoji for the needle. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. So um, apparently there's an emoji for the needle that currently has like, it's full of blood and it has blood dripping out of it. Okay. This one just which, comes up. I put needle in. It just has a needle and thread. Oh, oh syringe. syringe. Sorry. Syringe. Yeah. I just think of it as a needle. So the current thing, it's like filled with red and then it has dripping up right and like why would you ever be squirting blood okay. out of a Josh is nodding have you used this emoji <laughs> for vaccine see I've used it so for vaccine it's horrible it's like I know so that's what they said like apparently um, they're now changing it to be a clear looking syringe because people are looking for better emojis to talk vaccine yeah wow and uh, first why would you ever have blood squirting out of a syringe like that's not I I, maybe That'd they be a little were weird. Maybe they were like drawing blood, like you know and when you get blood drawn. Yeah. Not usually. It's I dripping mean, like, out. It's dripping out. So anyway, I mean it's dripping out of the emoji. I'm just saying like they're switching it just to like a plain clear syringe with nothing dripping out. Wow. So that's that's interesting and in, in itself odd all alone. But also apparently now if you use emojis, you're old. What? Oh, yeah. So there's this thing circulating now. The new information is if you <laughs> new, part your wait. hair, if you part your hair on the side. Oh, yes. this is millennials. If you use laughing Zers. emojis, you're old. And I'm like, you know what? Emojis are fun. What the heck? Don't take this away what from me. What the heck? Also, parting your hair down the middle doesn't look good on anyone. No, I just don't like it. I'm trying to think. Does it look good on anybody? Yeah, no. There, there is. A yeah, there's no. Face. There is. <laughs> there, there is, is one face shape that can and pull it off. Most people but, what don't is have face it. Shape? I don't know. Right. Huh. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, what the heck to all of it? Give me the new emoji without the blood, blood squirting out. But also, like, I'm not old. Emojis are fun. When you say old, like, what's the threshold? Though? I don't know. Like when people say, like, if you use an emoji, you're old. Is that like 30, 40, 70, 25? Mm, I don't know. 15? I'm like having an epiphany because I have 20 somethings that I that work for me, and I just realized that I do use more emojis. Yes. <laughs> wow. Maybe that's not my son because he's 16 yeah. and I send him emojis all the time. And he, so what do they send each other? Is it the, is it the gifs? The gifs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, I mean the gifs. Cause I'm date a, yourself. I, I do love gifs. I, I do love, love gifs. Gift. I love them so much. No, I think like my teenager just like will do LOL. Like, I don't know. Oh, I don't do I those. I think it's lame. I, I don't just, do LOLs or BRBs or. No, I want the emojis because they're <laughs> cute and they're easy. Interesting. And, and it shows a tone. Right? 
Yeah, right. Like, we're having fun. It's friendly yes. and interesting. But, yeah. but sometimes they are hard to read. I mean, text is hard to read already. But sure. like, boy, this is this show's gonna be four hours long. Um, <laughs> I just have a little quick one. We're gonna talk about emojis. <laughs> you know how you know you're old if you talk about emojis for twenty five minutes. <gasps> oh my goodness. Okay, what All do you right. got? What's the last emoji you sent somebody? Mm, top one. It was not the syringe with one. blood squirting out. <laughs> Thumbs up. I'm pretty I sure I have used it today. Thumb- <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thumbs up I is what I I'm not talking time. about vaccines enough, so I have not used that ever. I'm such a boring emoji person. You are very thumbs boring. Up, yes. Thumbs up. You're super boring. Smiley face? Yeah. Thumbs up. Lots of thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. You're boring. All right, uh-huh. fine. I wouldn't even fine. call that a use of emoji. <laughs> I'm emoji. Emotionally Stunted. Stunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You are. What do you have? Mine is very short and just stupid, but I saw it today because it, w- and which was really funny because it was, we'll talk about that later. Uh, it was connected to Texas, like, and the, the storm down there or whatever, yeah. but apparently Toro, uh, which makes lawnmowers and all kinds of other stuff yeah. has recalled 6,700 snowblowers over a quote, amputation risk. What? Yes. Apparently, so, there's like 7,000 of them that like sometimes the, the auger doesn't disengage. And I'm like, it's only an amputation risk if you put your arm in a running snowblower. Yeah, so that should be obvious. Like You would think, but it is Texas. Right, right. This is Texas related. Uh, but I just was like, that's all I, that's literally all I have. What the heck? Like, of course, it's an amputation. It's a piece of machinery with like blades blade that are moving is around. An amputation risk, yeah. Don't stick your foot no. in there. That's funny. Or your arm. I just assumed arm because arm is where because it, it gets like people do it. Sure. They get jammed and they put their hand in to try to like get something out and sure. then it eats them. Okay. No, not me. Obviously, I have all my <laughs> digits. But oh, good. yeah. Anyway, I just thought that. So I'm sorry for. I know that somewhere. I know somewhere somebody lost an arm. Sure. And I feel badly for them. Yeah. For being that stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't put your. I arm mean, in I there. feel badly that they lost their arm. But yes. Also, like, but also, it was a bad choice. Anyway. Yeah. That's all. Wow. That's, it's what the heck. Not even mm-hmm. in depth at all. But wow. hey, you know what we did? We did two what the hecks, and they were not politically related. <gasps> that's like. Ooh. I know. That's a first. This probably. is almost like a fun. It's like fun again. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's all because Tasha's here. No, I did it again. I mean, things are changing. Yeah, right. Right? <laughs> yes. It does feel good. <sighs> yes. yes. Anyway. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should just start with you sharing a little bit about yourself. So tell us, um, you know, like I said, we're kind of looking for um, your experience and how that ties to rural Minnesota. So give us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you've been. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's always like, it's always fun, right? Because I'm mean, now I'm going to ask you, how old are you? I'm 36. So you're 36 year old. So can, can you condense 36 years in like, you know, to like 10 minutes? Be very in depth <laughs> and like expose who wow. you are as a person, but also don't go all the places. <laughs> yeah. He's, well, he's super great. To start, in my 36 <laughs> years, I have moved 52 times. Wow. So I couldn't give that? you all the. Places. Wait a minute. That's how is that I even? I have moved like. How do you even know that number anymore? Year. I know. I actually don't. It could be like fifty-one or fifty. When you say move, though, is that like you move from one house to the next, or moved to a different town? 
all the things. Okay, I'm ready to hear your story now. Oh, yeah. I, I was, See, I was interested before, yeah. and now I really need to know about that. Well, I was born here in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Yay! And I grew up in Dent on Dead Lake. Okay. And um, I'm the oldest of three girls, and I was raised by Minnesota farm children. Like, my both of my grandparents own farms in Ottertail County, and both of my parents were farm kids that met in New York Mills and fell in love in eighth grade. Aww. Aww. Wow. Okay. Like farm From kids. And when you said farm kids, I was like, what kind Children of, of the corn raising you? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, like my dad rode his horse down the dirt road to go see my mom. Oh, how cute is that? For real. Wow. That's yeah. adorable. Then they got pregnant with me when they were 16, said they were going to the homecoming dance and ran away. <gasps> Yeah. Okay, wait. Did they know? Did the parents? Did the parents know that 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 there was a baby on the way? No. Okay, they didn't tell them that. No, they did. They, they found out and then then ran away. They were missing people for three months. My dad. Wow. Got a, my dad got a job on a dairy farm in Pennsylvania. Whoa! <laughs> they were like terrified. They like really ran away. Wow! Yes. Oh my goodness! So this is my conception story. Yeah. <laughs> Your life is so much more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they came back and raised me here. Okay. Um, Like immediately came back or like came back while you were, okay. My dad finished high school. They were, oh, they did. So Mm -hmm. there was, they must, there must have been some sort of reconciliation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. My grandpa put my dad to work on the farm and... Just sort okay. of went yeah. went along with it. it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And my cool. parents now live on one of the homesteads. Wow. And my dad has a business in Perm. So we're Wow. Yeah. Cool. We're Ottertail yeah. County people. Huh. Yeah. And are your siblings still in the area too? No. No. I have one in Nebraska and one in Minneapolis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. 17. I graduated a year early from high school and went to nebraska where that was where i started college and because nebraska's cool yeah well so we went to a church camp up north oh and you met a boy no no counselors from this oh there you go the counselors were connected to the university so they recruited us oh uh uh-huh so we went to like you know church camp as a college and it was great cool i didn't i didn't my like degree in social work wasn't actually there but it was great (laughs) (laughs) it was the experience right so anyway that started my gypsy life and i i have been back and forth to minnesota many many times Mm -hmm. but it there i could tell you there are at least five times that i took off in february yeah because it's (laughs) Because, yeah. I feel that in my bones, yes. Mm-hmm. It I, was nine degrees above zero today. It, it, I and would it just felt like tropical. It, it did. I yes. kept getting suited up and then sweating when yeah. I left the building. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's like two places. Yeah. You really want all the places? I don't want all no. of them, but I mean, like, so, so now you're... Okay, go ahead. You did some city living in between, right? Like, you were in more metro areas I also? In, I was so in Minneapolis had, mm-hmm. many times. St. Paul. Um, I lived in Hudson. I lived in St. Louis, Missouri. So um, several different metro areas. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was wow. all over. So just, yeah, eventually I got my degree at MSUM right. here. And um, that catapulted me into Haiti. So I... Um, That's a weird... <laughs> shift yeah 
More, just in case anybody is listening, don't know MSUM is Moorhead State University, right. Moorhead, Minnesota. Yeah, right next to Fargo, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not everybody goes there and then goes to and Haiti. then launches to Haiti. Yeah. So there must have been some. Did you go? Where Where's the connection? How did you find that? Oh no, it was just a. To- I call it God magic. Okay, like these this crazy thing happened. God magic. Yes, oh, that's interesting. That's my name for it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, um, I got an awesome job. I actually, right out of college, got hired at Ramsey County in our lovely state. Wow. Down down in the Twin Cities metro there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was working, like my job out of college as a single mom was at a skyscraper downtown St. Paul. All right. Awesome. Cool. Making good money and everything. Um, but I was. Wait a minute. I have never heard anybody use social worker and good money in the same sentence. Well, then I started a nonprofit. There you go. There you so. go. All right. Got it. Never mind. <laughs> I was rich. Okay. Back Compar- then. Like comparatively, it was like, wow. <laughs> and every two weeks. <laughs> right. Okay. And there were scheduled pay raises and wow. like benefits. So, nice. Yeah. So you're, you were the God magic part though? Where did, how yeah. did that? Okay. So, so you're. I. Um, decided that I wanted to run a team. I was, I was a part of a team and I realized that like my dream job would be to be the team leader. Okay. So it was like, I'm just going to get my master's. That was where I was at. When you're in Ram- at Ramsey. So yeah. you're at Ramsey going, I want to be in charge. Well, eventually. So yes. I need my master's. Yeah, yeah. So I enrolled in St. Cloud State to get my master's. And then somebody from Fergus Falls, Minnesota, her name is Ryan Bittner, uh, called me up and said, could you come to Haiti for like six months to a year? I need a social worker to help me figure out a like an employment program for mamas. And I had just gotten a $10,000 single mom tax return. Like all of the ways that like taxes oh. lined up that year with having been in school and blah, blah, blah. I had this huge chunk of money sitting in my bank account. And I was like, yeah, maybe (laughs) (laughs) I got St. Cloud state to approve going to Haiti and doing this research as my master's thesis. And so, yeah, I catapulted to Haiti with two children, a two and a four year old. And so you're single mom at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Two kids moved moved, and just moved to Haiti. Moved to Haiti. For an indefinite amount of time. You didn't know how long you're going to be there or I had committed to six months. Okay. Six months. Yeah. And what was Ryan doing there? She was running a malnutrition center for children who were like dying of starvation. And she wanted somebody to come in and build an employment program so that she didn't have any, you know, reoccurring clients moms could go out and work afterwards and be Hmm. able to sustain their families so that was the that was the research that i thought i was going to do i ended up doing different research based on what i found when i got there which is like how research goes yeah like i have this plan right turns out my plan's boring (laughs) right and this is way more interesting right or i'm asking the wrong question and i need to adjust Right, 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 right i was asking the wrong question yeah yeah. So the question was, what is being offered to mamas in Haiti? Like that was what I realized my first question needed to be was what resources and services can a mom get right now if her kid is starving? And the answer is one, one answer. None. Orphanages. Oh, that's oh, it. That's it. Mm, if you it. have a child, I suppose. Okay. I feel, I feel bad. Like now I'm like, okay, all right, let's time out. In case you didn't know already, 
uh, Tasha's organization is called Haiti Mama. Yeah. Also, in case you didn't... Well, I mean, we were getting there. I know, but like... <laughs> You're on our way. If, also, if you didn't know, like, Haiti is an island. Well, it's, it's one third of an island uh, off the southeast coast of Cuba. It's one half of Hispaniola. It shares an island with the Dominican Republic. Well, is that how they describe it? I mean, not that's how they describe it, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. It's one. Okay. Yeah. And... And his, when you say Hispaniola, like that's how like old it is. Like that's where Christopher Columbus first Hispaniola. quote unquote discovered, mm-hmm. you know, Plymouth Rock. I don't know <laughs> what it was doing down there, but, oh gosh. um, and so it, like it's, it's on the east, west side of the island, right? I don't know. No, not Plymouth <laughs> Rock. I mean, like, yes, it's on the west side and it's roughly C-shaped. Never mind. Yes, you're it asking, is roughly you're C-shaped. Asking. It is roughly C-shaped. So, and the Port-au-Prince, is that like right in the middle? It's like that's the, the major, the major city. It's on in the middle of the sea. Yeah. Is that where you were? Yes. Okay. Like, I, uh, we have a property in Pachonville, Haiti, which is the top of Port-au-Prince. Like up on the mountains. We are at the very bottom of the mountain. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So like, go get a map. If you haven't already got a map, go get a map, look it up on yes. your Google, figure out where this is, because I think that's, it, yeah. it helps. It always helps me. That's usually like the first thing I always do because I'm a nerd. Yes. Is like when I looking at a place, I find out where it is if you don't already know where it is. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's where it is. Good. And so you were down there and you find out that all they have is orphanages. That's it. That's, that's it. it. And that was your thesis. It's a short thesis. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out Haiti in six months and that was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's so easy. What I figured out is that you can't, you cannot solve and or research this country in six months. So it was six years that we actually like finished the research project that oh, wow. we did. But Haiti Mama was born during that time and it became something very beautiful. Yeah. So, so you lived in Haiti for six years kind of straight almost. No, that's oh. how I get to like 52 more. Uh, oh, okay. Cause I'm back, back and, and forth. forth. I'm back and forth. I'm back and forth Got it. forever. I mean, I've, this is the longest that we've been stateside and that's only because of COVID. So what year, <laughs> yeah. was, when you went down there, what year was that when you started? 2014. 2014. And, and then that's when you first went there. Yeah. And then in a, years time 20 when did Haiti mama start when did it when was it like 2014 like that's you when you when you before i even got on the plane my friend who works for the irs called and said i think this is going to be bigger than you realize and i'm going to get you a 501c3 oh well there you go i didn't i mean well it was just so god magic i was just about to say is that one of your god magic oh, tricks again yes yeah cool. yeah huh so you started like right away yeah but i mean what it became was in the works, you know? So when we figured out that the only resources mothers had were orphanages, we also realized 80% of the children in orphanages had a mom outside. 80%. So... Because the only... Oh, go ahead. Well, so we often think of kids in orphanages as you don't have parents. Like, you are an orphan, right? That's like... yeah. Or, so or, to find you, out, or you were removed from your parents. Right. So to find out like that the majority of you actually have parents who wish they could keep you. Mm-hmm. So like you they're in their, the kids aren't voluntary, but they were voluntarily put in, for the most part, put into these orphanages. Uh, no. I mean, I can tell you horror stories <laughs> of children well, who so not were always. not sure. voluntarily put there. Yeah. Oh, like here's an example. One little boy, we were doing, um, we were doing like a, 
evaluation on the mental health of some kids in an orphanage that had been requested by the orphanage. So my social workers and I were doing that. And (laughs) the little boys, um, like his dossier, his like file says that he was like abandoned at the doorstep. So when we were talking to him about how he came to the orphanage, he is trembling. His voice is trembling and he's like, my mom told me to stand and wait for her while she went to go get the water. I was standing and waiting for her while she was going to get the water. But while I was standing there on the street, the orphanage director came and said, you're a street kid and took me. Oh, bananas yeah he was just waiting for his mom to come back she was getting water you know he's like feels like he did something wrong that whole time he's at the orphanage so things like that you know yeah 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 (laughs) is that a say is that what you guys say all the time like oh haiti well yeah it's the minnesotan in me you know yeah uh, what do you do (laughs) (laughs) make a hot dish i guess I i don't know so what is, so what is Haiti so like I don't actually know. So I've heard of Haiti Mama a fair amount because it bangs around in the Facebook world and, and stuff like that. Like but I honestly don't I know you do stuff with kids and it's in Haiti and you sell <laughs> cute things. For Ooh. the record, his wife has donated. So <laughs> I'm, Little did you know, Mike. I'm very proud of that. Good. Yeah. Yes. Because that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. So this is what we did. We're, we we are doing. So we... <laughs> we're not done. Yeah. We're not. We'll never be done. Um, we developed a, an, a family service model using evidence-based practices that I knew and loved from the States. We adapted them to Haitian culture with Haitian social workers and built a service model that could take a child from an orphanage to family reunification to family sustainability. So it's a three-step process. There's Hmm. education and employment involved. And because it's Haiti, the employment piece takes a huge uh, chunk of my time now because we actually have to create jobs so because um, there are no jobs or because women don't get jobs um well both maybe a both yeah but i mean it's a we're at 65 percent unemployment whoa yeah 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 so it's so job creation has has taken up the brunt of my time in the last couple of years but i was in haiti for about six plugging through and building this model. We're at 121 families that have been reunited and four orphanages that have been shut down. That is amazing. And I want like the applause please- button. Where's the, where's the applause sound I'm, effect? Oh, Steve will just get really excited. No, that's no. this one. There you go. Oh, no, there's an applause yeah. button. Never, we, got some, we got some new buttons. I'm never hitting that again. <laughs> that's um, so, but that's, but that is amazing. No, that like, is, that's, so when that's you say, so like you, so essentially you emptied uh, an orphanage. Four of them and all four for sexual abuse of minors by the directors. Two of the directors American. See, this is why we do the nice at the end. <gasps> the, no, but that is yes. nice because you're because you're doing this work. So like, um, okay, I want to go back. Sorry, that was like, I want to go back and ask a question about one. You said, uh, you said evidence-based like, I don't know what that means. I mean, oh. I, I, it sounds good because I feel like we should all be doing evidence-based <laughs> yep, things. Uh-huh. But what does evidence-based stuff mean in your social work 
like b- world like what are the like what are the I, I don't know like when, like when you just say that if somebody is not okay. doesn't work in evidence-based social work they yeah. don't know what that means so i'll explain it to you like i would when i'm talking to like a church committee perfect okay <laughs> a lot of times the reason that there are orphanages is because as white people we've decided that we have the power and the money and and the good intentions so we can just go and love on the kids and start an orphanage or a church or the trifecta the orphanage the church, church and, and the, the school clinic or the thing. school yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep but we're not looking at is this actually causing harm or creating positive impact right especially multi-generational positive impact orphanage system is like this just shining blatant red red flashing light of like stop white people <laughs> like <laughs> stop doing that yeah don't come to the island and promote it be promote orphanages because it's right now a hundred million dollars a year is donated from the from faith communities in the u.s and canada a hundred million dollars a year is a huge business in haiti yeah so like people are snatching kids off the street to fill up their orphanage keeping the orphanage poor bringing down the teams the teams empty their pockets kids go home until the next team comes Uh, there's it's a whole hustle yeah yeah so (laughs) evidence-based practice is just saying what can i actually do in this situation that won't cause harm and will create multi-generational impact so that's what we built that there you go what that right at the end that was perfect (laughs) like what can we do that won't cause harm Mm -hmm. and we'll create a positive multi-generational impact yeah that's great so like it, this has been a problem in Haiti for a long time. I'm assuming this is like, and this it's not unlike. Um, so I have gone several times on uh, trips, mission trips to Ensenada, Mexico, mm-hmm. and the group that we go with, where we try to be very cognizant of that, like to do no harm and like just you know work with local places. We don't start anything, you know, whatever it is. But we talk about that a lot because a lot of the churches we work down, the, the pastors are like, yeah, you can't, you guys can't come down here and like, don't, cause you just pour your pockets out and yeah. they're, it's not because the people are bad, but they're just like, well, here's an opportunity for me to anyway. Yeah. yeah. Don't paint my church for the fifth time. Right. We don't need yeah. any more paint. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. The Miami, Miami D 26 gate on any given morning flight into Haiti is a whole bunch of white people with matching t-shirts. Hmm. And if you ask them, what are you going to do in We're Haiti? We're going to go help. We're going to go love on the kids. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're from the South. Apparently. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> yeah, the Minnesotans actually go on through Fort Lauderdale usually. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's like 2014. So like you're yeah. still doing that now. Yeah. And, and so when I see, when I say you sell cute things, yes. that's part of your jobs program. Literally the mamas are making the cute things and I'm selling them and paying the mamas to, to, to take care to of their babies. Do their stuff. Yeah. But I mean, like right now we were just talking about a fundraiser we're doing. Those mamas saved their income for th- the last three years and purchased land and are going to be completely sustainable after we help build this house. So like the model's working. And I mean, sure, there's lots of outliers because Haiti, but um, 
yeah, we're, I'm, I'm blown away by the God magic that took place <laughs> with some social work. Are you, um, the, the educator, like little nerve in me is, are you following up with like journal articles or like, is somebody documenting? Yeah. Awesome. I have an anthropologist that love it. started with me in her master's. She's in her doctorate now and oh, I, I am it. her we are her muse. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yes. I just think like, because what you're doing and you're doing like the experiments in real time, right? Like here's the model that we're testing and here's the theory that we're building in real time over time. Like this is helpful for others. Like you said, we take trips to Mexico or we take trips to, you know, Africa or wherever we're going to go. Like this is good stuff that you're doing and could be applied to many other locations. Yes. Yes. Um, that's the probably like Texas. Just saying, (gasps) that was a low gig. That was a little bit of a dig. Texas is one of the few states in America that still has something that resembles an orphanage, though. Hmm. So, like ice detention centers, or okay, now we're going sideways. (laughs) Now we're going sideways. Sorry, sorry. So, is that not what you you were getting? So, that's 2014, it's now 2021. That's five, six years, seven years. I can't even do math. Um, and and you're you have a property down there, yeah. That you so, how do you you but you're here? Here I am. Well, yeah. yeah, so but you're you're but you're the you're the leader now, you're the team leader. Do you have a team there? Yes, I have a te- we have a team. We have a Haitian director actually. Excellent. I actually hired myself an executive director, American executive director to like hey, I we I brought Haiti Mama as far as my sweet little social work brain could go. And then I was like, "Oh, this is becoming a huge organization that I don't know how to I don't know how to do the all the organizational things." So she's been a total game changer and yeah we have 31 haitians on payroll wow yeah like doing so like of doing like making the things or social workers we have a disability care program that employs like 12 women um yeah we yeah and then trainers that are training people to um make the things they're on our payroll and then like if you're a newbie coming in, I'm going to pay you per piece until Until you figure it out, until you can be a trainer. Wow. But, um, yeah, right now we're sitting at 31, that's 31 people I pay monthly. And then, then all of the artists, artists on too. Yeah. Artisan. I always say I can't, it with the I Creole accent. Art, I always say artesian, but that's not <sighs> oh, right. No. That's the bread and the water and chocolate. Can you get artesian chocolate? Um, maybe. Wow. That's not really important would- at all. Um, yeah, go ahead. you go ahead. No, go for it. No, no. <laughs> okay. So you, when we say you sell things, um, so you have like, um, metal workers like that make some cool stuff, jewelry, that kind of stuff. But also you've recently started a subscription service. Yes. That is super cool because subscription services are all the rage. Yeah. Also their money every month. Oh gosh. And yeah. we don't even know it's gone anymore. It's yeah. just, psh, 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 psh. I know. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm a sustaining member. I know how it works. Not yeah. you. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. what is the subscription? Well, okay. So that was like a God magic thing. Actually, we 
we got robbed when mm-hmm. like in our like mm-hmm. second year or third year in Haiti, like guys came into our house with guns. I do remember that yeah. because I, I believe I read your, you wrote a whole thing about that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Tammy at the, like my first week back and she looked at me like I was a ghost. It, like, Cause, cause you were a ghost. I, I, I told one of our mutual friends, uh-huh. I was like, I traumatized Tammy with my story. <laughs> Hi, Tammy. I need to tell you this right now. Yeah. I'm going to transfer this to you. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So, but the morning of that robbery, that morning, I got this like God magic thing that there was going to be something I had to name Mama to Mama. And it was like, like God was giving me this name that I needed to remember. And then literally four years later, we started, three years later, we started a subscription box called Mama to Mama, where we are investing money into job creation. So yes, it is creating sustainable income for us to create jobs and these Americans are crazy about subscriptions. So mm-hmm. it's working. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really working. Yeah. And we can feel good about it. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't have to leave and go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, has the pandemic slowed that at all? No, it blew it up. Yeah. That's, awesome. That's what I was thinking is like, it just went nuts. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We doubled That's numbers That's with cr- the pandemic. Yeah, the, the subscription wow. box industry was like one of the few that benefited from. Which is super interesting because like a little bit of me was like, oh, it's kind of luxury. Like maybe that would be one of the things that I would knock off if I needed to, you know, like, I mean, because yeah, it's no, definitely yeah. a frill, you know, it's it's not a necessity, but I love subscription boxes. Yes. <laughs> they just show up at your door. Let's be real. You pay for it like one time and it just keeps coming to you. So you, all right. So anyway, how are so you? You said that you've been in in Minnesota again. So you, on a regular basis, in the last seven years, were you were you back and forth like on like, like six on six off kind it of was deal? Like sixty five percent Haiti time. Okay. Thirty five percent America time. Okay. Uh, and then, and then, but now you've been stuck. Now I got stuck because of COVID. I did. Okay. Well, and I married a Haitian. Okay. And I brought him to the tundra. Okay, that doesn't make sense to me. Not that you married a Haitian, but Haitian? I think I got it right. Yeah. Um, But that marrying a Haitian got you stuck in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, so I applied for a visa for him to come over when I was having his his baby that we that we had coming. And I applied for a visa that was a residency visa so that he needed to be stateside for two years. We got denied oh. and he didn't make it to our baby's birth because the lady said, you're not showing any intention of moving to America. And we were like, we have to well, move to America. And then she was like, this is a residency visa. So yeah. Kinda yeah. Do. So that, that's what you're doing then right now is, so now is we live com- here completing it. And how long have we been, how far are we in? Um, we, it'll be a year in May. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to circle back to that. Cause we were, we want to talk about an immigration on, on the show. We haven't really covered it that much. Cause it would be very interesting to hear your whole story on that. I don't know if we can get to that right now, but, um, so you, you've lived in all these cities. Yeah. You're from this area. You have family in this area. Yeah. Like give us a little bit of like, how do you manage that? Cause most people shift maybe twice, right? right? Like, so you, you either, you either grew up in a small town and then you move to a big city and stay, or you move to a big city and come back. 
Yeah. Or vice versa. Like maybe you're from a city and you move to a rural sure. area and then you, you, people don't have an opportunity to shift back and forth. And so like part of this whole, these conversations are to like just sort of delve into people's experience in the quote unquote rural urban divide, which is a manufactured thing, but we have to put things in boxes so that we can talk about them. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so how, tell us a little bit about that. Like how to like, do you struggle the things that you struggle with or the things that you're like, I don't know, like we think all people from the cities are snooty and, and want to go to, you know, whole foods and stuff. And, and that's where all the what. liberals live. That's where all the liberals live. Yep. And we're all conservatives out here. Yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> anyway. I mean, you're switching. Is any of that true? How, I mean, like give us sure. your experience. Um, well, so I mean, we know what we think, but <laughs> <laughs> I kind of know what you think too. But, uh, <laughs> um, this is my culture, you know? So like, it's, it, it always is home. This is home. And like, there are things that are endearing about home. But after living in Haiti for six years, yeah, the culture shock is always worse coming home than, than going back. And going back, always. Yeah. And it's the like, you know, um, it is really the abundance that you have to like readjust to. Mm. Um, yeah, I've had a few panic attacks like, Everybody on this street has a lawnmower. I, w- I like freaked out because everybody had a lawnmower. Like it was just this like <laughs> everybody had three hundred dollars to buy a lawnmower. Like it. And like, how excessive? Why wouldn't you just share like one for the whole block? Right. Yes. Yeah. Why wouldn't you know? Like yeah. And why so, like, would you have a lawn that big? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. So yeah, the abundance is always like a thing. My husband coming to the rural Minnesota. Um, and your husband's name is Mondizi. Mondizi. Yeah. Okay. Um, we should have had Mondizi on. Yeah. Maybe we still will. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't speak English. Zero. Like it, not podcast worthy English. <laughs> and you, do you speak Spanish? I'm assuming. It's oh wait a Creole. minute, is it French? Yeah, it's French yeah. Creole. All right. Yeah. I was sorry. I was. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, see? Got it wrong. Jeez. Um, well, sorry. It was the Spanish, <laughs> yeah. and then the French came, and then it yeah. got all messed up, and then then we ran the show for a while. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And then it was the only independent slave revolution in history. Yeah. Haiti. See, we could go into oh, that'd be yeah, so, so much. That'd There's be so, so many fun. threads we could pull here. Anyway, mm-hmm. you were talking about culture shock. Culture shock. Yeah. Um, and then one thing, listening to your guys' show is nice for me because oh right, plug. You yeah. listen to our show. I do. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> really <do>. That's great. <laughs> um, because coming home after like seeing the 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 depths of poverty and working with people who've lost their nothing. Like there are, there are pieces of this culture are very conservative, especially going through the Trump era. There are pieces of that, that like hurt your heart, you know, mm-hmm. immigration, the, the immigration was really hard for me um, being here. I also, because of the robbery in Haiti, our gun culture hard for me. Hmm. And I grew up deer hunting with my grandma, you know, right. but after seeing seeing guns in your face, it changes, right? But we're in I'm in gun culture where like I mean, every man in my in my world has guns. So um, yeah, politically, I think that's probably one of the hardest things about up north, but I love 
like up north Minnesota, like old people. Like, I love <laughs> our old people. We have some of those. We have, we so have a many lot good ones. of yeah, and they just make me really happy. Like Aww. I love our old people. Why so. is that? They're just so classic. Like I don't know, like they're my culture, you know. Uh huh. They're just oh, I just love the things that they say, and I love the Northern Minnesota accent. It just it's home. So yeah. Do you have like when so when you're ta- when you're telling your story though like do you, now I'm going to go generational generationally like those older people who you really love do they does it click for them do they understand it or do they have a harder time than maybe the middle old people who would be us versus like younger kids. Well, sorry, I'm trying to put, you know, I got to put people in boxes so we can talk about them. I think our generation wants to be more involved. Like we want to dig in and like, we want to know the details. I think our generation is more, um, information based. Whereas the older generations just, they want a good story. Hmm. They want to, you know, something that warms their heart. So do you, do you find yourself having to tailor that when you're giving, I'm assuming, I just am assuming that you like usually would be when you're home, quote unquote, um, be traveling around talking to people. Do you raise money? Is it like, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. So like you have to tailor your, your pitch depending on who you're talking to. Sure. So like you, you actually probably have a, I have one story that I do at every up North church. Every up north church. Every up north church. I think we need to hear it. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. (laughs) She already she already shifted. She okay. I tell that one then. Yeah. It's a it's a doozy. So, um, a little boy came to Haiti, Mama, and said, "My mom is living on the street. Will you help her?" Which was kind of significant because we were working with kids who were living on the street at the time, but he didn't come and say, I'm on the street. He said, my mama is living on the street. So I told him, bring your mama. Um, tonight we're having dinner here and she can have something to eat and I'll talk to her. So she came and couldn't eat because she had left her, her baby in the park with somebody else. And it was a whole thing and told me where she was sleeping. And I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to come find you. So I went with um, a moto driver and one of my social workers to the street corner that she said she was sleeping on and indeed found a family of five sleeping on plastic and a dirty, dingy, dark, dangerous corner in Haiti. And I started bawling like I it was not it. I couldn't even like keep it together. Like I, I picked up the, the baby and started crying, and which is not so anti-cultural in Haiti to cry is in that moment. In mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah, but I couldn't handle it. So I looked at the mama holding her baby, and I was like, "Mama, how long have you been here?" And she said, "Tuamwa, three months." And I said, "And in three months, who has come before me? Not a pastor, not a." priest not a social worker not a policeman not a nun nobody has come before me and she said only jesus and now you mm. oh it gets them every time and it's a true story <laughs> wow. you can't make this up has the added benefit of being true which helps it helps you sell it then because otherwise you'd have to be faking it only jesus yeah wow. and you yeah. And now you. And now you. Yeah. Wow. So, so she was off the street the next day. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to shift. I hate to shift away from that, but I want to shift back to something else that you had said. Because <laughs> that's like, such a good story. Like, tell me more Even stories. Even though I've heard it before, <laughs> it was tell really good. Tell me more good. stories. <laughs> I just want to ask. This is fun for me because this is all I know, new. I know. <laughs> and it's You're so like, good. Oh, yeah, I know that one. No, no, no. Just that yeah, one. Yeah. That okay. one I had heard before. Yeah. But um, so you had mentioned, um, you know, the culture shock going back and forth and the culture from here. This is kind of your home and some interesting, like, political connection with the culture around here lately, the year that you've been back, especially. Um, <laughs> I never thought of that. Sorry about the timing. My yeah. parents vote for Trump and okay. I lived with them when I got back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, because, and this is super stereotypically, but statistically people who are from more rural areas, born and raised there would lean more traditionally conservative. People who are from more urban areas would lean more traditionally liberal, statistically, right? You have the experience of so many different cultures. How has your experience shaped your views of social issues and politics or like maybe your education shaped a bunch of that too? Because I mean, I went to school for sociology, so we had some of the same classes. So I I kind of understand a little bit, but how do you feel like moving from place to place has impacted your views on kind of that social issues, political culture? Yeah. Um, I, it, politically, I think you're right that my degree plays a, played a huge part in, in changing um, how I looked at politics. Um, I, don't, I mean, don't mean to super interrupt, but would you then, would you, the way you're setting that up, would you say growing up, you naturally then were, would fall more in the conservative camp or you I just voted for McCain. Okay. Well, there we go. This is good. All right. I voted for, well, McCain. if you were going to vote for a Republican, yeah, Maverick. not bad. Yeah. Anyway. So, so you started in that spot. I just want, totally. I didn't want to assume, yeah. but I did. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. So you, and then you went to college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, there are things, um, I do have some conservative leanings mm-hmm. still yeah. from, and I don't think it's even just, I don't think it's just how I was brought up. I think there are things that we need some balance, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, until you see the misery of people in other countries and like realize that like swimming a river with your daughter was better than <laughs> than where they were at until you realize like them coming over here illegally and risking their lives to get here is better until you can see it firsthand and understand that. I think, um, I think you have a blind spot. Sure. So definitely shaved your views on immigration. Yeah. And just (laughs) like, so a lot of social issues. Yeah. And some of that welfare policies maybe. Yeah, child welfare policies. Are- well, I think I mean even before I got to before I went to Haiti, like um, our welfare policies are actually like not even a huge part of our our budget annually. Right. You know, it's yes. a teeny tiny little chunk of change yeah. comparatively to how much we spend on military or whatever. Right. Yeah. We should have her back. I, I, I was thinking <laughs> you were going to say that. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. Right. And so I I don't I don't understand why why anyone's squawking about welfare policies at all. Really. Sure. Um, I used food stamps when I was in college. Like yeah. it was a hand up to my family to get me as a single mom graduated. Sure. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, people don't understand. There's really a, we have some pretty good limitations around um, those programs. I think um, something that strikes me talking about welfare policies and then looking at the program that you've created in Haiti, um, you know, historically, the idea was that the church can take care of the people or that neighbors can take care of the people. And obviously, America kind of got way too big for that to be able to handle be handled that way. Um, but I just wonder if we really have enough of that kind of spirit here where like, you know, Haiti now has several of these organizations that do like different things like Ryan's program and your program and or organization. It's not really a program anymore. It's an organization. Um, but like, I don't see that as being the answer in America, like in the U S like, I don't, I don't see that happening here because maybe the scale is too big or like, you know, like, so just that nonprofit or that private entity coming in and being able to help on that scale. I'm just, do you know what I'm kind of trying to say? And with churches, it also goes back to the evidence-based practices, right? (laughs) It's like pastors can't solve all the problems of poverty. No. And (laughs) no. And I don't think that they're trained to, No, I mean, so like we're just, we're not set up that way, but I just, I just wonder if that's really transferable. And I mean, cause I know, I know Mike, like you are, you would much rather have like, do you know me? Don't have the government take care of it. Right. Like in, in some ways or, or I mean like, yeah, that's the, that is the default position. Yeah. But like, so what, from my perspective, what, what is great. So all of the pieces that I, at least as I understand how you've explained it so far, but all of the pieces that you're doing actually already exist for the most part in the United States. Um, there are programs for, you know, to help people get housing. There's programs for food, there's programs for job training, there's programs, you know, there's all these things, but all of them are in one roof under what you're doing. And, Mm. and this is the conservative part of me. This is like where I go, like, this is why hers, your organization works is because the people who are doing it, you are invested in that community. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a big organization. It's not the UN coming in and like overlaying a program that they've developed. We're just going to do it all the same. It's successful because of you. It's successful because of the people that you bring in. It's successful because the people who you're helping are in that community and then they're down the road and they're mm-hmm. helping the next person. Yeah. Um, and that is really hard to replicate on a large scale. Yeah. You're working on it already to be able to replicate it, but like it will take another individual to invest in that new community. And like that's time and it's effort. And it's like, and that's why it's so, I, I think it's amazing and it's magical because like every conservative should be, lining up to give money to your organization because yes. because you're getting kids you're getting kids out of the the system you're getting them off the government roles you're teaching trades you're giving them a work ethic you know all that crap you mean you're checking all the freaking boxes can you just say it again every conservative every conservative should be giving money to your organization thank you uh, and then trying to also then figure out like yeah how do we what can we learn from that to yes. do that here 
And so anyway, I mean, so on one hand, like this is the conservative model. Like this is, this is the model, but it's anyway. So great job. Thanks. At least I'm pretty sure great job so far. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. But it is, it's hard to replicate those things. Yeah. That's right. Like I'm just, I just think, and, and every time I read about your stories and, um, the things that you share about the work that is happening in Haiti, I just think like this is it, like you said, evidence-based models, but like you're doing it and it's working. Like, why can't we do that? (laughs) You know? So I'm just wondering, like, how do we, how do we do that? How do we make this work? It's, a, it's also it, super weird because all after I said all that thing about being connected to the community, it's also harder to give charity to people you know. Like, yeah, so sure. If, because I have an idea of like what I think you should have been able to accomplish. Mm, right. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to make some judgments. It's about your own whatever. bad choices, right. but these people could help themselves. Like, obviously so gonna... in, in Haiti. Sure. You, you know, know, but like, I have a Haitian husband here who refuses to believe that anybody needs to be begging in this country. Like in this I country used to help people who begged on the streets, get jobs in America before Haiti. And now my Haitian husband, if he sees someone with a sign, he's sounds like a, you know, Seriously? sounds like a grandpa he, from Northern Minnesota. He, he needs, you need, I love that. You need, oh to work on, you need to work on the English. It doesn't have to be great, but then you need to bring him around to all the Northern churches and have him talk afterwards when they're having coffee and then talk about how like, Oh yeah, we don't, we, we don't need to give handouts. That's not what we do. And they'll just be like, this is amazing. <laughs> I didn't know. And anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So with, besides giving money though, um, I think another thing that I'm always interested in is like, sort of like the ramifications of policy that we don't understand, like we don't think about. Um, and so particularly how, uh, uh, you know, you know, in the United States, if you could change one thing with United States policy, towards Haiti or how it interacts with Haiti, whether it's immigration, whether it's aid, whatever it is, um, what would you, like, what would you... Oh, yeah, immigration, all day. That would be the thing. All day. And when you say that, what do you mean by that? Not just, I mean, like... I mean, let's get some work programs happening or education programs. Like, right now, I know two kids who were accepted into university in the States but couldn't get a Haitian, Two Haitian kids. Yeah. I just want... But... They couldn't get a visa. Didn't get a visa. Hmm. And I mean, everyone has their fingers crossed with the new administration. Like every Haitian is like, well, we'll just see what Biden does. <laughs> so this, <laughs> like, this is going to save us. <laughs> From your experience, like what is it? What is the ultimate goal there though? Are they, are they like America is the land of opportunity. We want to move there and stay there forever. Or they want to go get education and come back. What's the. I'd say it's 50, 50. Like sure. I have like two employees who came back that like got their education to serve in their country. And I know a couple of other people who have overstayed their visas. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> with, I think with, it's the, with the rest of all, all of them. <laughs> well, sorry. I always, that's one, that is a beef of mine. Generally speaking, when people talk about uh, illegal immigrants or whatever, that I think it's something like 80, 80% of illegal immigrants are here. They overstayed their visa. They yeah. came in legally, yeah. but then they stayed illegally. Yeah. And, that anyway. is how you get here. Well, especially no, from actually, Haiti. Yes. Although yes. there were there was a period of time where we, there was a lot of boats coming from Haiti, like Cuba. Anyway, that's a yeah. whole other story. Well, but. we actually work with ICE. Oh, do you? For when they're deporting kids back to Haiti. Like you receive them. We help, yeah. We help. Get them. Wow. 
we're like one of the very few social work resources in Haiti. So I found so us. we kind of do everything. <laughs> wow. so how, how, is that, how is that experience then like um, other than I'm going to assume that you would prefer that they weren't expelling the children from the United States. Uh, are they ice? Is that a pretty good? Are they, are they OK to work with? Are they I think. Most of the time, they're painted as pretty much like evil stormtrooper people. Yeah, I mean, we're working with like the lawyers that are trying to. Okay, you're not working with agents that are who are stuck in ice. Okay, so yeah. that's a good deal. Yeah. Hmm. So I yeah I would say it seems stormtroopery. <laughs> that's a really good description, actually. That's pretty perfect. It's not stormtroopers. Really. I I apologize to anybody who works for ice. <laughs> I apologize for anyone who loves Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> wow, we're apologizing. Okay, so uh, wow. there. Do you have? A, I have an, one more question that I want to ask. If you don't have any more, um, I do. Yeah. I want to know um, the. You've worked social work both in the United States and in Haiti. How does policy affect what you do, like as a social worker? Because it seems like mass chaos a lot of times in Haiti. Yeah, it is. Like a lot of government upheaval and we're not sure who's going to be in charge tomorrow or whatever. But how how does, because a lot of what you do has to interact with government policy. So, yeah, I mean, we, so we work with the Haitian government, but it's like the exact opposite concept of working with <laughs> the American government. Okay. Like, like how so? Like if I was a nonprofit doing this in America, the government would pay me to do it whereas i am helping the haitian government get this done financially most of the time yeah that was a really nice way to say you give them money yeah they've gotten money to like close an orphanage sure yeah like they needed money to transition these kids into a center and i had to come up with the make it happen make it happen yeah so but i mean the kids actually were reunited so that's good. I was watching my money. Yeah. Good. Well, and well, you, you said that there's some tension. Sorry. I'm like, there again, that's a, another wonderful conservative plug. This is why that organization works, because you pay attention to where the money goes. I do. Like, actually, I right. do that like a conservative. I do. I don't trust anybody with my money. Nice. But, yeah. There's <laughs> there's some northerner in me. <laughs> um, But I will say I... In, I love the freedom of working in a country that doesn't have all the bureaucracy yeah. of the states. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, it is fun. Cause really you, to be able to just go there and get shit done, like yes. you couldn't show up here and just start no. doing that in Minneapolis. Like, Hey kids, I'm going to help you. Like right. so much red tape and um, government interaction that would have to happen. Right. Right. And I, so I just, I try to follow, you know, the, the guidelines that I've been given as an American social worker, but um, yeah, there's a lot more freedom to get things done. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big freedom guy. Conservative. <laughs> right? freedom. Don't give me any rules. <laughs> <sighs> um, so my, my, my question, my last question is, so you listen to the show, so you heard us when we, t- we were talking on January 6th about the uh, the insurrection at the Capitol. I did. And I think that was the episode <laughs> yeah. where we talked and, and you had com- said, or we were talking about people comparing like, the, oh, we're like a third. Okay, first of all, actually, I have two questions. People comparing it to a third world country. Yeah, we're not supposed to say that anymore. I know. Developing. So now, yeah. okay, I was actually going to ask you, what is the, currently the, the appropriate way to refer to a country such as Haiti? Yes. 
Developing country. Developing country. Okay. Yes. It's like a developing country. And then Haiti was specifically called out by somebody. And I was like, that's offensive to Haiti. Like how, so when you watched that whole thing go down. I just need to say I felt relieved because when I talked to her about it after that, she was like, oh, no, I totally see that. And I'm like, OK, phew. Oh. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't totally so you, offensive. So you anyway. weren't offended. <laughs> no, I agreed. <laughs> I just felt so much better because wow. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, crap, I totally offended everyone. No. Anyway. Now, and you've been over you've been in the States the whole time, you know, during this whole time. But you have connections down there. Like when when people when we talk about like, hey, the world is watching. Like, are they watching? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, right. <laughs> Oh my gosh, and, yes. And what are they and what do they see? Oh, they all my favorite way that Haitians explained it was Trump is a bluffer. They all would look at that guy and say, He's bluffing. He's bluffing. He's a bluffer. That's how they that's how they saw it. They just saw him as a big bluffer. Insightful people oh, down right? there. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. they've had their corrupt they've had they, their corrupt. They know leaders. a bluffer when they, they see so, one. Yeah. Oh, they're like, so, oh yeah, he's a honorary <laughs> he's Haitian president. Come on down. <laughs> So well, as you were watching that unfold, like did that, I mean, cause you have been in Haiti during some of that chaos and protests about prices or protests about government, whatever, like obviously on a much different scale than what we experienced. Ours was very small in comparison probably, but like, did that bring those images to your mind? Was that familiar to you? I was literally like, whoa, I didn't know that America had it. I didn't know we had this in us. Like I've watched my city burn down literally. Yeah. My kids have had black feet for weeks because of all the burning tire soot that was settling everywhere. Their feet were just black from black tire soot. Yeah. From everything being shut down with burned tires everywhere. I've had like, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff happening. We've passed burning bodies, but I didn't know America had it in us. I Mm. never in a million years thought that that was coming. I just didn't. I mean, it was like my biggest fear because I stalked Donald Trump when I was 21 years old. (laughs) Stalked him and found him because I am who I am. Found him. Why? Yeah, I had a message for him. We can't remember what my message was. My my friends who road tripped to New York with me said (laughs) you were going to tell him something about love. I don't remember, but we had to stalk Donald Trump and you were going to give him this message. And I didn't give him my message, even though he was like stood right next to me. And I probably could have tried. I I called that guy for what he was literally as a 21 year old. I was like, that guy's a sociopath. <laughs> so you so you stalked him and down. found him. So he's a sociopath. Yeah, I had a message. And you're of totally love. normal. You had a message of love. I had a message of love. And my friends say, I can't remember what your message was when we were going, but I remember when we walked away, you said, that guy could end the world. Wow. 21. Kind of a little prophetic. Yeah. This is who I am. Just don't say God magic about that. (laughs) No, that one, that one we don't want to hear. No. So I was relieved like that, you know, the world didn't end yet. Yeah. I was. Um, But interestingly, you're living with your parents? No, I live here in the Fergus. Wait a minute. I thought you said- yeah, oh, when, we, right away, when, when you back. moved back, yeah. So you didn't have to experience that whole thing with your in your with your parents in the same house. Like you weren't watching the same TV or anything. Well, no, but we challenged my sisters and I challenged my father to a, a media sharing for like the two months leading up to the election. He had to listen to our stuff and we had to listen to his stuff. How did that oh, go? Interesting. Oh, <laughs> it really made me realize like. 
whoa, like there are two opposite things. Yeah. Literally opposite happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, my daily podcast said the opposite of his daily podcast. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was eye opening. Wow. So whose idea was that? Um, all of ours. All of ours? Yeah. Even your dad was, so like, uh, I have a similar-ish juxtaposition with my father as well. And leading up to the election, we, there was a lot of, we didn't have a pact, but like he would send me an article and so then I would send him an article or like he would drop off a book and we'd kind of go back and forth. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good to do, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, Mm -hmm. But even... That's it's a good thing to do because you at least understand a little bit more where people are coming from. Not necessarily you don't agree with them, mm-hmm. but at least you're like, oh, I see now where that you received this information, right? Packaged this way. I get right. why you're delusional. I, I, <laughs> exactly. Wow. I mean, I was, some of that. Some of that <clears throat> was. I was just... being a little nicer about it, but <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, the door swings a little bit both ways. I mean, I've I've been given grief quite a bit for my lifelong. Um, love of NPR and you know and yet I'm still a conservative I don't know how that works right. apparently they didn't they didn't corrupt so. you huh well a little bit <laughs> a little bit a little bit <laughs> yeah um do you have anything else um I just want to give you a minute tell us um you have a really big campaign thing going on right now so oh, yeah. just share that with us yeah so deter- doTERRA essential oils the essential oil company. I'm glad you said the essential oil company because I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes. Okay. They're like my favorite essential oils. Their foundation approved our project proposal for an $11,000 grant. Whoa. And with $22,000, we are building five houses for mamas who worked their butts off and saved their money and bought some land. Awesome. And this is their last step to sustainability. So another Amazing. conservative check mark on my fundraiser. It, it, totally, it totally is. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the goal I when I like I said when I got here when I woke up this morning, I was like, if we hit three thousand today, I'm gonna be like so happy. And then we are almost at five. So So you're are this is a campaign to like for just donate straight up donations or is there some sort of okay? And doTERRA is matching it dollar for dollar. And how long do you have to do this? Thirty four days. Thirty four days and it just Mm -hmm. started Yeah today. Yeah, and I'm all right, we're gonna we're gonna cream this thing. How much do you need? Like six thousand. So like twelve. Right? Seven thousand. So we need like we need to come up with twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, you're making a face. Well, I don't understand your math. She said six. She should have more. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, yes. oh, I don't. I'm so confused. What number you know, did I miss? When okay, you I like get it. a conservative in the mood to give. They <laughs> are generous, and that is true. That, that is definitely true. Like if you can get them to part with money. Yes. They one, they often have it. Yes. And two, they like to get they do like to give it away, especially if they can feel some sort of like connection. And conservatives love when you're like doing something physical. Oh, yeah. like if Absolutely. it's building a house, mm-hmm. sure. So they can see their money. Yeah, that's there's a tangible result. See, see no, mm-hmm. now I got I oh man, I should never have met you. Now I have all kinds of ideas. This is gonna be fun. See? I know. This is a great connection. Um so at the usually at oh you well so how can we connect yeah. people with the fundraiser? 
Yeah, just go to um, Haiti Mama's Facebook page. Okay. And it's Haiti Mama, H-A-I-T-I-M-A-M-A, or Haiti Mama's Instagram. Both of those places, you can find the link. Great. Yeah. Do they call, is Mama, that's what I call Mama down there? Yeah. Because you keep in the stories, you say the kids say Mama. Like, that's the cultural thing. And also, like, Haiti Mama, like, you couldn't, it's so perfect. Like, it's easy Mm -hmm. to spell. It rolls off the tongue. Mm -hmm. It sounds cute. You know, when the lady that I told you about that said, I'm going to get you a 501c3, she said, I need a name. And I called another friend who was like a branding lady. And I said, hey, I'm going to go do this research. And she's going to do this. She wants to do this thing with the taxes. So I need a name. And she said, do Haiti Mama because of all of the ways that it looked. Yep. It's got the right form and everything. It's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even name it, but here we are. (laughs) Um, We usually... I do want to add, dang it, Ryan Bittner. Yeah. She's still down there? Where's What's her story? I happen yeah. to know her. She's still down there. I, I Also married a Haitian and has lots of kids and is still running the malnutrition clinic. So and she's doing a separate thing, but she's... Yes, but actually, like, I started, like, doing artisan and other ways of creating jobs, but she linked up with another um, researcher and they took small businesses like investing in small businesses for people way further. So now I'm going back to her and asking her to help me with some of my That's fantastic. Mamas. Yeah. So great. Minnesota women apparently are like There's getting a it lot done. of Minnesotans in Haiti. Yeah. Getting it done. Getting it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, at the end, we usually like to just like say, is there anything else? Like, so you have, you know, we got to the done, we got done here. Is there anything that, that you would like our listeners to, to know or like a story you wanted to tell or if like you know sort of like a last word like is there anything that you want to share that you're like oh yeah every time I like to close with this because it's real good or <laughs> no I don't have that prepared in my mind Mike <laughs> I don't have the perfect uh, ending right now that's, that's I think actually your face was so great I love it so much that's perfect because there there is no perfect ending I mean Aww. it's just I would love for people to to find us on the social medias mm-hmm. and start following our story. All right. Because it's a pretty good story. It is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right. I'm so glad that you could come and um, share your story with us. It's been super fun. It has been. Yeah. And now there's like five things that we want to have you come back and talk about. I know so we're talk about this is a good time. <laughs> I All still right. want to tell my Minnesota nice story. Yeah, yes, we're getting so we're right gonna, now. So we're, we're going to wrap okay. up with a little bit of something nice. I, I'm not depressed. Like I don't I, know, I don't even need it as much. This is like a right? super bonus. It was great. Okay. Should we make her go first or last? Mm. Let's make her go last. Let's make her go last. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so I just have um, a cute little story. We've talked about how um, young people on social media have helped their parents get vaccines. <laughs> Right? Um, Because that was a whole thing. You maybe experienced that too. Um, So there's an individual in Minneapolis, Mara Caldwell. She started a Facebook group called Minneapolis Vaccine Hunters. And um, it's connecting people to available vaccines. So initially it was just the last minute ones where clinics were trying to use up all the doses before they went bad, right? So they would just um, connect to those extra doses. But now they're helping people navigate the whole vaccine system, like what's available, where you need to go, what you need to do, how you can get it, whatever. I just love it that people are figuring out like we're going to use the freaking Facebook (laughs) to get like 
and it's a tool. because because it's been so confusing for people, yeah. especially for people who are a little bit older. So I love it. Way to go, Mara. That's Made awesome. Happy. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you did you sign up? Did either of you guys sign up for the 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 thing today? There was a new thing to I sign up for. I did not. Okay, you didn't. not yet. I didn't no. hear about it. Oh, I'll send it. I'll send it to you. I'm gonna. I might even friend you. Maybe. Yeah. Which I gotta. I'm going to say is a big deal. Really? He's a little selective. I, my oh. my f- like friend Q request is is like three years old because I don't take I just am really weird about it. So if I send you one, but anyway, I'll send you send you the thing. No, the Minnesota state of Minnesota has a new like locator thing, and you you put in all your information, and then when it's your turn, like when you're when it's available for your group, like it'll start sending you information about like, hey, they're available now. You can go f- sign up here, or whatever yeah. it is. It's sort of like a preemptive thing. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for that today. That was kind of fun. I, it's funny that because not all the old, not not all older. <laughs> I said the old people. Um, I am gonna. I mean, they're probably never gonna hear it, but my father-in-law is in his sev- late seventies, something okay. like that. Um, he's gotten the vaccine. His wife has got the vaccine because he is a vaccine hunter. And I Ooh, just, I'm gonna pull. Wow. The, I know. I have to show you because I took a video of it because it was so <laughs> cute. Um, this is his instructions that he sent of like oh. how. Wow. How to, to figure it out. Like, he's like, here's the websites you need to go on this time. Usually they get new doses, it seems, on Tuesdays. So you really need to log in at like right after midnight on Tuesday or like early in the morning. You need to be able, you know, that's all these instructions. You got to be willing he's to drive for this. Figured out. He figured out the system and then he played the system. Oh, I love he it. like hacked it. I, I know. It. <laughs> it's awesome. It's super it. cool. Yeah. So, all anyway. right. That is nice. What do you got? Um, mine is nerdy because I okay. love being. Uh-huh. So today, if you weren't aware, NASA landed the Perseverance rover on yes. Mars today, which is awesome, which there's so many things that blows my mind about this. A couple of things. Um, this is the third spacecraft from Earth to land on Mars in a month. Whoa. So the Chinese landed one, the UAE huh. landed one, and now we landed one. I'm like, it's getting who did it's it, getting real. Who did it first? Do you remember? My kids asked me this earlier we today. Did. Yeah, I thought so, but they yeah. were like, uh No, that was the United States. Okay. Thank, I thought I, mean, I thought so, yes. but I just thought you would he's, know for sure because you're crazy about the space program. Launching his nerd badge. Yeah, like, is yeah, that, yeah. It real was hard. The US. It was the US. <laughs> he knows so space. It crap. landed today. It was it apparently was all good. It also was like if you look at the they had like videos, uh, you couldn't see the videos, but like um mock-ups of the video this thing came out of the sky and then it had a they called it a sky crane and like rocket boosters like blasted and slowed it down and then the rover was lowered down by cable to wow. the, like to like land all softly and stuff it's super cool this it's is like the one, one of those that has egg a helicopter where you have to like yes, figure out how to like get your egg, egg drop thing <laughs> I just think it's cool. It's amazing. And when I was like, w- like reading about it this week, I was, I commented to Beth. I'm like, oh no, no, we were watching The Crown. Do you guys ever watch The Crown on Netflix? Yes, fabulous. It's about the the royal family or whatever. And and one of the recent episodes, they were watching the moon landing, and like it was like such a big deal. You when, are so far behind. No, we're watching it the second time through. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. <gasps> Well, because third season came out, we're pretty bad about like if a new season comes out and we haven't watched it for a while, we'll watch whatever show back through so that we're ready. So they're watching it all. And it's cool to think about. We will watch. We will be part of the like generation that we will watch humans walk on Mars like the first day. We'll get to watch that. Like, I just think that's Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. Have they walked on Mars? 
No. No. So what are they doing when they park on Mars? It's just it's a like robot. It's like a robot. Oh, see? So you are not wearing your nerd badge. Literally, like, I can't even keep up with the words you're saying. How <laughs> the do they, bleeding heart how social they, worker <laughs> over here. How is it going to get picked up? It's not ever going to get picked up. It stays there forever. Oh. So we're just sending this crap and leaving our garbage behind. Well, well we'll get it picked up we when like we go there. We like to pollute. There. Like, here's America. We come and leave garbage. Wow. <laughs> we're boldly going and learning your and, space nerd and bubble. stuff and stuff so it's not it's not gonna get picked up and come back uh no okay no okay. it's gonna send information and pictures and cameras and okay anyway yeah. i heard something today about it i was listening i was <laughs> I listening on npr and they were and talking like, about how uh, it's gonna take like america five years landed space garbage on mars so like we, no they didn't say that <laughs> so we're not gonna see anything back from this for a couple of years uh, no, that's probably. They said not something true. about 2025, so I thought maybe we we're going. It back probably, to get it. it will drive around till 2025. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. All right. Way to, go. We can Way, stop to go Way to go, NASA. Way to go, NASA. Nerd people. All right. All right. And now you and have now a Minnesota, you have a Minnesota, nice, Minnesota story nice story. For us. We're so excited. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No pressure or anything, but we excited. left you for last. <laughs> no. So I told you about my love for the elderly in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite, like. Uh, cultural things that we do here in northern Minnesota is like when it's stupid cold <laughs> we have to say something sarcastic we don't say like oh it's cold we say something sarcastic sure and I love the creativity of the elderly <laughs> in sarcastic comments so I was standing in Duluth Minnesota and it was negative 20 and I was waiting for somebody to come pull up and a, an elderly gentleman was like walking with a walker slowly <laughs> past me on the sidewalk and I was like a little bit anxious like oh I don't have anything like good to say like I don't know what my sarcastic comment should be and as he got to passing me he said are the mosquitoes eating you up <laughs> it was the best i was like oh my gosh i've never heard that one before and it i was trying to think of something witty to say and he like blew me away yeah you can't match that yeah it was good that's a good one we are a weird bunch we really are mm-hmm. uh-huh we like to complain in backhanded ways. Yes, yeah. passive aggressive. Yeah, passive aggressive. That's the Minnesota in a nice way. No, I haven't heard that one either. I've heard people say like, "Oh, you know, like a, another you know mosquito-free day." Right. Yeah. Another uh-huh. beautiful mosquito-free day in Minnesota as your eyelashes freeze shut. <laughs> yeah. Literally shut. Literally. Anyway, well, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. nice. Yeah, I liked it. Minnesota <laughs> nice. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Flyover Logic. This is Mike and Tammy saying that even if you don't have time to land here, we're glad you found time to listen. 